speak yes. And welcome back to another episode of the Crispy Cast. I'm your co-host, Christopher Bernard, here. And I'm here with my other friendly co-host, Jody Cameron. And this is episode 17 of the Crispy Cast. The Goblin King... How do you pronounce that? Jareth? Jareth. Jareth. Close enough. Goblin King. Uh, More like Goblin Queen. Am I right, ladies? Very important part of the casting of the Goblin King. The choice of Bowie and the way the Goblin King is presented and characterized is that that kind of androgyny. He's a mysterious, a little sexy, a little male, a little female. Not really evil so much as devilishly alluring. Well, we were going to make a music video, but then we decided to just write a script and make it a movie. Looks like Madonna and goblins playing guitar with a baby. They thought if if we're going to appeal to uh, like a wider and younger audience and do musical selections that are not not particularly like Jim Henson music, we're going to have to hire somebody who can write music and, and be that kind of like rock star. We want we want the Goblin King to be a rock star and we want him to lend a musical element to the script and and to the characterization. For people who haven't seen The Labyrinth, essentially, older sister is supposed to watch the kid. She doesn't want to watch her, her baby brother. So she goes, oh, sweet, sweet Goblin King, please take my troubles away. And by troubles, I mean my brother. <laughs> She's a young woman who's on the, on the edge of adulthood. She's on the cusp of uh, becoming a woman. And I think a very real part of the Goblin King is that he is and represents kind of the things that about adulthood that are both very alluring and frightening. And uh, yes, she's still a child very much uh, emotionally presented at the beginning of the film as playing fantasy in the park, basically in a world of childlike fiction. As a part of that world of fantasy, she just wishes him away. If it would have been me, I would have been like, David Bowie, what are you doing with my brother? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the Goblin King. Whatever, David. (laughs) Uh, I do also think that, uh, I just think it's odd that he's the King of Goblins, but doesn't look like a goblin. I think a lot of times when they create a villain, like a malevolent threat, they are often presented with uh, horns and fangs, and they're not quite human, they're more beast, bring more of a growling, hissing... Uh, dark and ominous tone to the to that character but instead he's very human a little otherworldly it's it's not a demon it's not a beast it's not the devil Uh, he's a goblin king who is he where did he come from why why does he exist in this particular role through the film you see that he is in many ways a mirror to this young lady this sarah He's created straight from her. She summons him out of fiction. And he is, in many ways, her idea, her imagination. I wonder if uh, if he's related to Skeletor. Because, hear me out. Well, they have a lot in common. They have a lot in common. <laughs> like, uh, for instance, hey, Hoggle, yeah? What do you need, boss? And then he goes, and one more thing. If she kisses you, I'll turn you into a prince. Prince of that stinky bog. <laughs> and you're going headfirst into it. And that scene tells us a few things. It tells us that... The Goblin King does rule, uh, but not with an iron fist, not with an iron will. They they have their own free will. Many of them are just kind of pawns in a game that they don't understand. None of them are particularly evil. 
And in fact, they're kind of just doing their little jobs. He's always kind of struggling to control these fantasy elements in his realm. It shows that Jareth is, in some ways, kind of a ridiculous character. He, he may rule this realm and have some power, the same way kind of Skeletor did. <laughs> but uh, there's a certain humor to it. And I think, had there been no humor, I, I don't think he would have the, the cult appeal. It shouldn't work. Like, just the hairdo alone. Like, his kind of, like, crazy, spiky, mullet, Japanese blonde wig. <laughs> he's a bit ridiculous, but he plays it straight. He's really a projection of, of her fantasy. I wonder what his original plan was for this kid. Like, if he would have kept the kid, do you think he would have just raised it to be the, his successor? So you'll notice he's surrounded by little grubby goblins. I suspect that each and every one of them is a stolen child or a wished away child and that Toby would eventually just resemble one of them. There's a scene in this film where she is very close to discovering his location at the castle and she ends up in a place that I'm not sure if it has a name but I'll call it uh, like the, the place of lost things and it's it looks like a junkyard and she happens upon a very little old withered woman who has uh, just this immense pile of stuff attached to her back. She has hoarded and collected what looks like just this great boulder of her things. And they weigh her down and they, they keep her there. And immediately she wants Sarah to do the same. Uh, like no memory of the journey she's on when she wakes there. She knows only that she's looking for something. Not Toby, just something. That lady, she too wished a baby away and got trapped here looking for it. This is another one of Jareth's little pitfalls. And if Sarah lets herself, she will become that too. For me, maybe the most important aspect of Jareth's character as the Goblin King comes in the finale of the film. So she's like, well, why are you doing all this? Like, what's the deal? I'm here. You know, like, why have you done this? And he's like, look, you asked for this. You summoned me. You created this. And frankly, I'm really tired of just trying to live up to your expectations. He reveals to her that he is just a construct, that maybe he's no more real than her imagination. And she realizes in that moment that, well, if, if she caused this, if he's her doing well, then he has no power. It's really about her choices and her decision. And she just says to him, you have no power over me. Uh, and I think that's why he's so busy trying to distract her uh, the entire film. Well, I think I'm ready to rate this film slash character. I will give the, the movie as a whole a minus three Rotten Tomatoes. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I will give the character himself... A crisp uh, 4.3, which is pretty generous. Because he's pretty two-dimensional. But, like, it's David Bowie in a Madonna cosplay in front of uh, puppets. He doesn't get more creative than that. <laughs> is the point three for the cod piece? Is that, like, a little, a little extra? The, the point three was because, like, if it was three, if it was a 3D movie, it'd be sitting on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jareth's character, you know, looking back... He's in my top 20, no question, because he's not just a big evil meanie with a, with a, with a sword and fire breath and, and that type of thing. I give him five out of five for 
the fact that he's a villain that comes directly from the protagonist as a reflection of their their most selfish desires. He's all-powerful until they wish him away. As always, uh, we'll see you next time, and you can follow me on my Instagram at chrisbcomics. That's K-R-I-S dot B comics. Same thing for my Facebook page. And as always, thank you for listening.